Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. It's two guys' take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the HB5 studios right here in beautiful downtown historic 70 degrees in the middle of January, but there is no global warming. Concord, North Carolina. We've got a great show lined up for you. As always, I'd be your host, Biggin. How about you? But before we continue with the show, let me go ahead and introduce you to the second half of this crazy sideshow. That's right. I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, the 2016's Honorable Mention Father of the Year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one. It's Mojo! Turn those lights down. Light the candle. Wrap out the bearskin rug. Pour the champagne. I, I, I sound like I have a, a 900 number phone voice, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened, but man, it's. Our, I, got, I got the baritone going. <laughs> our, our women's listening will go up like a bazillion <laughs> points now. So I like that. that. I like that. Yeah, there we go. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Southern Five Philosophy. You can find us at Instagram at SFP Radio. You can find us at the Twitters at SFP Radio. We got to get more on Twitter, I guess. Yeah, we do. I just don't like it too much. And also uh, Facebook at Southern Fried Philosophy and our website at www.southernfriedphilosophy.com. Um, please go to iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. Um, subscribe. Give us a like. Um, and also give us a review. That's how we move up in the chart. Topping ratings categories. Something like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening in. This is episode number Vente Uno 21. Whoa. Where did that Spanish come from? That was that. Four, the four years of Spanish, at least I know my numbers. A few of them. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you for guys listening, and let's get it rolling, Bubba. Uh, so, we're going to ask you, like we ask every week, uh, hey, buddy, how you been doing? I'm all right, man. Yeah? Uh, you know. I'm still getting used to this voice. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. I've had it for like three days. I don't know what's up. Uh, I'm all right, man. I'm over the, over the flu, and... Uh, yeah, I'm over the flu, so yeah, I, that's good. My oldest kid is, uh, she sucks at school, so <laughs> come on now, that burn, that's kind of burning my biscuits. Is it? So yeah, laying into you a little bit. Oh, you know, to be thirteen and to be thirteen again. Actually, I wouldn't want to be thirteen again, mm. but but uh, yeah, she just. If you were thirteen again, you wouldn't have that voice. I'll tell you that right now. True, true. <laughs> right now, she's in the pace to. Uh, you know, work window number one or two at a fast food restaurant. So how come every time you go through those windows, half the time you don't even use number one? You always right. go straight It's always to blocked two. up. Yeah. yeah seriously. Well, it depends. Some restaurants, you know, they're so popular you have to have two windows. Mm. So the old Bojangles. It's like going to Walmart and there's 21 registers, but and only like two four open. Are open. And then like the two of them shut down for shift change. <laughs> so you only really have two open. Yeah. 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 I hate it. I I just want to go to Walmart anymore. Mm-mm. Especially then the two lanes that are open have everyone's like the first or fifteenth of the month, and they have the mm-hmm. grocery carts full. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're you're gonna be there for a minute. Why would you go to Walmart where it's sweatpants when you go to Target when it's yoga pants? <laughs> I don't know. That's true. It really true. is. Mm. I got the leggings going on. Hey, buddy. How about I, you? I like to wear leggings at, at the Target. Have you? Yeah. Legitimately. No. Okay, no, I, I was I was going to start packing this thing up right now. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Tw- I haven't done haven't done that yet, but no one's dared me. To do that, so. <laughs> that's episode twenty one, and that'll be the last episode. <laughs> Thank you very much. 
So, buddy, how you be doing? Man, I'm good. Uh, so we're in a stage in our life where, you know, you start off with those initial friends that get married. Sure. Right. So then you, uh, you know, go to the, all their weddings, which is a small fortune uh, to, <laughs> to keep running tuxes and things. Right. Uh, and then, you know, you've got those friends that are, are younger than you. So you, you wait a little bit. You, you kind of clear through that initial group of friends. And then you have the younger friends who all of, a, all of a sudden start getting married. And then those initial friends start having babies. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the younger friends who start having babies. So mm-hmm. then there's baby showers that you have to go to. At least, you know, women do. Uh, and then those initial friends start to get divorces. And you got to be like, you know, be there for them. <laughs> and then the younger group just starts to have divorces. Right. And then the initial group of friends, they start getting married, remarried, remarried again. Yeah. And then the younger group start getting remarried. So we're in our, on this stage where, like, it's our friends have gone through, like, marriage number one. Some of them are actually on, on started marriage number one. Some of them have gone through one and on two and now having babies mm-hmm. or just starting having babies. And I'm telling you, Everywhere I look, people stop having babies. It's insane. They're like, there is, there's, uh, over the last two years, man, it's been a plethora. Yeah. What the heck is going on? Yeah, I've, I've seen quite a few. And then my dad, we were reminiscing the good old days where uh, America was great, uh, <laughs> where you would get an, a wedding invitation, right? and then you go to a bachelor party or sure. a bachelorette party, sure. then go to the reception. Bada bing, bada boom, it's done, right? right? Or if, like, you had a baby. You got like a, you know, hey, we had a baby, or we're going to have a baby, shower, then you have the baby, and then have like, you know, all that kind of jazz. But, you know, now, it's like you get married, first you have to do an engagement announcement, Mm -hmm. and then you've got to go, you know, get engagement pictures, Mm -hmm. and then you've got to do a wedding announcement, then a save the date card, then like you have the wedding, or bachelor party, bachelorette party, and then sometimes now they're even co-ed. Like there's no bachelor or bachelorette party. Right, I've seen, party. I've seen I've seen the trend, yeah. And then then you have the wedding and the reception. Like y'all, how this is just getting out of hand. Like it's insane how many how much like every generation we're adding like six things to it now. <laughs> uh, you know, I, but honestly, I think it, I think you can probably thank a lot of these reality TV shows like mm-hmm. TLC mm-hmm. and HGTV. They have all these shows where the you you have to have these massive receptions. Oh yeah, and uh, massive gatherings to celebrate. And granted, it's a great celebration. Sure. Um, you know, some friends. I'm like, if I was you, I'd probably save a few bucks because mm-hmm. you know you know they're going to be divorced. Oh yeah. So you, yeah. you know, save save a few bucks. I know and, I know you love love him, but he just got out of jail like two days ago. So come on. I know you love him, but you guys just met three <laughs> weeks ago. So I, mean, I know it says Match. dot com. It's like ninety five percent. I know you swipe right on Tinder. <laughs> So, yeah, I got that. Yeah, and then and then you got the baby thing going on. So yeah. now it's like these these gender reveal parties. They've gotten insane, man. What They've the heck? Insane. Like why? Why? Yeah. What? Who, who cares? Like who cares? Like just tell me what it is after it pops out, and we'll be we'll be good. Well, you know how I, I'm kind of curious how how a non-binary couple would would do a gender reveal party. But it's but it's just it's too much. And then like guys are starting to go to baby showers now. Like yeah. I went to my first baby shower uh, not long ago for ju- because it was my best friend. Like sure. if it was somebody else, like I'd be like, mm. <laughs> I don't know quite about that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, mm. nope. And then like people invite my wife to go, and she's been to like her sixteenth one this year. So, <laughs> but it's it, I like it when 
my wife can go away for four hours and just right. leave me behind. Sure. And I don't feel guilty. But but now they're a co-ed, and now you're dragging me into stuff that I'm not I'm not happy with at right. all. Right. So uh, I need you to stop that. I got luckily I got out of both of ours, so mm. it was uh. Yeah, you yeah. know, because your parents want to throw one, yeah, your no. in-laws want to throw one. Stop yeah, it! So. Pinterest is not that good to you. Yeah. Stop it! It never works out. Just, just mail some gift cards, right, and, uh, or some diapers, because that's you know, yeah, uh, yeah. But there's no, I think some of these showers, man. I've seen bar mitzvahs that are lamer than some of these showers now. Yeah, so. and God bless if we're like you know Hispanic and have to do a quinceanera. Quinceanera. Good gravy! Yeah. Those things look like they're expensive. Yeah, they they probably they probably are. Cause, and, and I'm not trying to, but like legitimately, like they look. I mean, they're all dressed up. They mm-hmm. look very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, good gracious, that looks like it's a ton of money. I think the biggest one ever just happened last year. And, Did it? Uh, yeah, uh, somewhere north of Mexico. Mm. Uh, some girl invited, basically a spoil brat. She invited mm-hmm. uh, everyone via social media. She had one. <sighs> she had over one million RSVPs. No. Yeah. So her father. How many did it actually showed up though? Because I'll, I'll do that. I, I think it was like seven hundred fifty thousand people. What? Yeah, it, was, it was like the towns, the, ca- the county, nope. or whatever she was in. Like, <laughs> like it was crazy, man. It was nope. like it was like a, a several day event. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah. No. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I was lucky to get like a a cake from McDonald's with that crappy. <laughs> Uh, sugar, you remember the sugar block? I had like Ronald yeah. McDonald's printed face on it. Yeah. I was lucky to get that. Oh goodness! And the gender reveal. I heard uh, recently that there was a couple that did our gender reveal party, and they had, uh, <laughs> which I would actually might go to this one. They blew up uh, dirt. I think they had uh, t- colored tannerite in it. So when it oh, that's it cool. shot out, it, it blew up, and it was the it dust blew or pink. Yeah, blew or pink. Yeah, that's cool. But then. Uh, People were scared, thinking it was terrorism. <laughs> so the cops got oh called, gosh. and it was like a thousand dollar fine or a year in jail. So oh wow! Probably you don't want to do the year in jail because the baby's on the way, right? Yeah, like, what so. are you gonna do? I think the cops would be like, hmm, "Y'all just don't do that again." Yeah, slap on a wrist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but y'all, these gender, like, stop it, just stop it. Yeah, that's yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's kind of got nuts, but hey, you know what? That it's a special time, case. one time in life. So, but I understand. I understand. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to go to a bit that we do uh, that's called Wacky News. So, um, <laughs> a art thief drove a stolen car uh, to seek police pardon from a wrong, the wrong attorney general, police say. So, a PBS-loving convicted art thief um, drove from Miami to s- uh, suburban Washington, D.C. to ask for a presidential pardon. Um, Whoa. He, yeah. Uh, so he was in custody after being found in a stolen vehicle, police say. So, uh, Marcus Patman... 45 of Miami was arrested Sunday outside of Starbucks in Arlington after a police license plate reader said that his parked car has been stolen. Ashley Savage, a police spokeswoman, told the NBC Washington News on Wednesday that Patman wanted to meet Eric Holder because he, 
because he was looking to be pardoned by the Obama administration before the Trump administration came came in. Well, there's one note: Eric mm-hmm. Holder is no was no longer part <laughs> right. of the administration. It's Loretta Lynch. Yeah. Uh, so he still continues to stay in the Arlington jail on Wednesday, <laughs> courtesy of the taxpayers. Right. Yeah. And uh, he was actually um, convicted of being an art thief, uh, which. It's actually kind of funny in itself. According to the FBI, Patman uh, pleaded guilty in 2009 to uh, attempted wire fraud and interstate transportation of stolen property for trafficking two stolen Pablo Picasso etchings mm -hmm, and a Mark Schlagel, I don't know, lithograph, together worth more than half a million dollars. Wow. According to the federal government documents, a California art dealer whom Patman tried to sell the Picasso smells something fishy and contacted the authorities. The FBI soon had an undercover agent on the case. Uh, <laughs> so when authorities searched Patman's Miami home, they found one of the Picassos, a 1957 etching of a woman called Jacqueline Lissent, hidden behind the sofa. Patman let it confess to, uh, according to the FBI uh, affidavit, Patman served less than two years in prison and was released in 2012. Um so here's the great part. So much of the court remains uh, sealed, the court documents, but prosecutors have told Patman investigators blip, that he inspired by an episode of the PBS series Antique Roadshow to steal and resell art so he could resume his comfortable lifestyle that he's been living since he's been convicted in jail in 2001. So Antique wow. Roadshow, all that because of Antique Roadshow. Damn you, PBS. <laughs> So, uh, long story short, he got inspired by Antiques Roadshow, stole some art, and then tried to get a presidential pardon uh, in the, by the Obama administration. I just, I, I can't believe he still thought Eric Holder was still the Attorney General. <laughs> so, there's that one. Uh, you got one? Yeah, this is, uh, we always talk about nonsense. We? we and de- and dedication, you know, dedication to uh, a certain political <laughs> candidate. Anyway. This is out of Lubbock, Texas. Now, mm-hmm. this guy has mm-hmm. probably one of the greatest names ever. So, um, Anyway, there was a Texas man, Lubbock, Texas, um, who loves President Donald Trump. Hmm. Um, he had, has hoodies. He has keychains. He has T-shirts. <laughs> He's dialed in. Um, yeah. And uh, so he, he even had lawn signs. But he got – anyway, he got tired of people vandalizing his, <laughs> his lawn signs. Takes sure. to, he got tired of people vandalizing his truck because he had a sticker on it. So he goes – I tell you what, I got an ingenious idea. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to tattoo my neck with Trump, <laughs> so that way they can come vandalize me, Bo. Is uh this this guy's name is his name is Goober Williamson. <laughs> Goober. Goober. So uh, yeah, I guess I guess it's kind of fitting. But uh, anyway, so uh, he's he issued the challenge. Hey, I'm I'm gonna put Trump on my neck and. <laughs> If you want to vandalize me, come on. I got you. <laughs> but anyway, he's, so far he says he's had nothing but compliments for from uh, sure. his tattoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little old ladies at church stop him. From his mama? Probably. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, little old ladies uh, compliment him at church on his, his neck mm-hmm. tattoo for Trump and things like, that, things like that. So so is it just Trump's name, or did he try to actually do an artwork? Okay. No, just Trump. Okay. And uh, it is horrible. I mean, there's not a straight line on it. So, <laughs> well, I guess as a, as a tattoo aficionado, it's 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 not pretty. So. Well, I, I guess worst case scenario, if it becomes too much, he could just turn the U into an A, right? Yeah, and just tramp. Well, you, but you know what though? I actually got to give it to a guy. He's probably smarter than half the Bernie Sanders supporters who <laughs> got Bernie's uh, silhouette on their legs and arms. So, <laughs> mm. yeah, feel the burn. Yeah, yeah literally. Uh, so mine is similar. 
in the fact that it, it deals with Trump, which I think will probably for the next four years be dealing with a lot of these wacky news stories. Uh, a Florida woman is accused of a smear campaign against Donald Trump, mashing bananas against his cars at the, his Mar-a-Lago resort. Kelly Wedman is arrested for trespassing at the Palm Beach property on Friday, allegedly also putting a bunch of balloons in the bushes. Why? I don't know what, what that. The bananas wasn't enough. <laughs> and typing a profane statement about Trump on one of the com- resort's computers. Mm. Uh, she allegedly tried to enter the property by car early Friday morning <coughs> before returning to a Mar-a-Lago on foot <laughs> later that morning. Like a ninja. Uh huh. And causing her small scale disruptions. <laughs> Uh, when security guards told her to split, <laughs> Weldman allegedly said that she wanted to be arrested because no one has been paying her attention uh, to her claim that she was, quote, cyber attacked. Uh, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was not clear if the incident peeled away any of the Trump's attention from his inauguration on Friday at noon on Washington, D.C. Uh, an employee at the resort, the president's winter White House home, uh, would not provide any comment when reached by phone on Monday evening. Um, so she was going around smashing bananas on people's cars. You know, this, this, there's been some pure madness that's, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like this, you know, I'm a libertarian I reserve who I I voted for, but, um, there's been some absolute madness. I don't remember any of this happening with Obama. Yeah, sure. He had people that. You know, mm. boo, there's some there's mm. some effigies to burn, but mm. dude, I just mm. don't remember yeah. some of this stuff. I've seen, like, I don't either, but then I go back and I see pictures of people like that posted stuff during that time, and I'm like, yeah, we were, we were those people were kind of nuts. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm talking about like that, but but not smashing bananas on do, cars. But do, nuts. <clears throat> but do you remember, uh, you know, 1.8 million people in the country? Oh boy, uh, you know, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? This past weekend, I mean, it's oh. It's kind of crazy. It, I mean, I think that they – so I've recently been watching Gotham, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you watch the show or anything, but there's there's like the Joker. Obviously knows the Joker. Like he wants to ensue chaos. Right. And so people rally behind the Joker and then you know, <clears throat> ensue that chaos upon the city. Well, I think that people are using Trump as the Joker, even if he's not really the Joker. Like, well, he is <laughs> – but, you know, like they're rallying around just something to be – for an excuse to go crazy, so yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah, they're, so there, it may not be a Trump thing, but they're just <clears> using <throat> Trump as the excuse of why I'm going nuts. Sure, like I'm just gonna go through, do something stupid, and then they get in trouble. And like, oh, I'm blaming it on Trump because it's gonna cause a headline. Yeah, so yeah, but still, it's just it's dis, it's disconcerting. I mean, yeah, it definitely is. You know, nothing more. I, I don't. I think probably anyone that's probably a libertarian slash conservative was hoping. Right, you know, win, lose, or draw. At the end of this, we were hoping for some type of stability and and unity again. And uh, but you know that wasn't going to happen. Like when the liberals got a hold of when it's when it's cool to hate the president, you know, then then you know there's not going to be civility. Like when when that when when people started going that route, like it's it's not. Yeah, when you hold signs that says "Love Trumps Hate" and that while you're burning a limo or beating someone. Right, that opposes you. I, 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 I don't quite get that. Yeah, I don't. But. I mean, there is definitely hypocrisy, and but you know, you've got the you've got Hollywood saying they're going to strike because Trump's president. Okay. 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 All right. I've got a DVR full of movies and TV shows. So go right ahead. Because <laughs> we don't need uh, <clears throat> the actors just 
pretending to be a cop. Well, right? they, and they, pro- oh, yeah, and they promised they'd move to Canada. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> still haven't it. seen that happen yet. It's just, it's just frustrating. <clears throat> you know, whoever was president, if people were going to do what they're doing now and just blame it on the presidency, it's right. just ridiculous. But, you know, um, I, I remember, you know, in 08, when Obama was elected, if you didn't support him, you're a racist. That mm-hmm. was the common thing. And in 2012, same thing mimicked. Um, if Hillary would have won mm-hmm. and you had some type of conservative uprising or whatever, well, what would have been said? You're all these people are misogynist. Mm-hmm. So of course, um, people are fighting Trump, and it's you know he, they're fighting the the Russian agent slash uh, uh, misogynist, you know, whatever. So I just I just don't quite get it. It's just yeah. it's very frustrating. We're I love for some peace and stability for a while. Yeah, calm, rational heads. So <laughs> common sense to prevail. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you and I probably aren't going to agree on the the women's movement, but um, I don't. I, I mean, and even my wife kind of gave me a lot of perspective, and uh, I don't know. And it's okay. We can we can agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, no one says they can't march. No one says no one can march. Right. I mean, you, you have the right to right. do that. You have the right to protest. Yeah. I just think I think some of the nastiness and vile mm-hmm. and vitriol that came out of it, like, yeah, like Madonna, you know, sure. threatening to. Or saying she's thought about blowing up the White House and things like that. It's just it's vitriol, hatred, right, and right. Uh, this is a time where we should really just try to heal yeah. our wounds. I mean, at least for the next three years until someone else starts campaigning, <laughs> then we can rip each other apart again. <laughs> Here but, we go. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's going to be a wild ride. It really is. But I mean, he's already doing stuff. You know, Trump's yeah. like five days in at this point, and six, five, six days in. So yeah. he's already writing. Writing things I know for for our company, like at this point, we're trying to figure out ACA stuff. Like, yeah. what is that? Gonna we just mean? got geared up for it. Yeah, no? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he uh, that night signs a little document that says it'll ease it, but we don't know what that means. Yeah. So we're starting trying to figure that out. And I, I think, be honest, I don't even think he knows what, mean, know what yeah, it means. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think that uh, we're all still trying to figure that piece out, and um, it's going to be an interesting ride. I mean, some of the things he's already done, like you mentioned before the show, like. Yeah, he's a executive action on the border today. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they're moving forward. He's kind of a, allegedly promised that the uh, construction of a wall fence, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. will start in a few months, um, which is, you know, which is pretty cool. I mean, because mm-hmm. every nation should reserve the right to mm-hmm. protect its borders. And, well, and we've said before, Mexico already has a, a wall. It's the just southern, border. southern border. Yeah, that's right. And, so. and uh, you know, we, we reserve that right as a sovereign nation. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, and also it's going to create some jobs too. I mean, you can't have a you can't have a construction project without jobs. And I think mm-hmm. they're estimating it'll create around twenty eight thousand jobs. Granted, they're temporary, you mm-hmm. know, over the next few years, but at least it's getting something done. And uh, here's my question on that: is you know, Trump says, "Hey, we're going to have all these jobs. We're going to bring all the factories back. We're going to build a wall." I saw um, another company that's uh, coming over that's supposedly promised seven billion dollars and. Between thirty and fifty thousand jobs. Is that uh, Foxconn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Foxconn, the maker of iPhones and other technology. Yeah, yeah. So the the question is, if there's all these factory jobs, are people actually going to take those jobs? Because I feel like, again, this is just my feeling, so mm-hmm. I, it could be totally wrong. That people that could get a job if they really wanted to get a job, they could probably find something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just those people that may not want a job or. Want to want to stay on? Well, you know, in a in a free market free market society, you know, 
I don't I don't know how exactly this is going to work because unfortunately in a in a free market like free trade system you mm-hmm. actually need cheaper goods made somewhere else because otherwise mm-hmm. we'll have you know eight hundred dollar um, eight hundred dollar widgets you know again, mm-hmm. instead of thirty dollar widgets but um, I think the, in a in a if the free market rules I think a lot of these places like the Foxconn which makes the iPhone is I think some Android devices and some other Apple products. Mm-hmm. Um, if they pay decent salaries, I think you'll have people hmm. that say, That's look, true. you know, yeah. um, I can either work at, I can continue working at this service industry job, or I can go slap phones together and make X amount of dollars per hour, twice as mm-hmm. much as I make now. So I think the free market will dictate that. And, you know, examples of that happening here recently, um, North Dakota, you know, when when uh, uh, the oil, oil, oil boom they had a couple years back. When <laughs> oil, oil, oil boom. Oil boom. Um <laughs> You know, when you had uh, uh, the oil industry up there was just cranking on all cylinders, um, you had people at Walmart making $28 an hour. Mm. I mean, they were they couldn't fill positions because the, the economy was just so just busting out of the seams there. Yeah. I, mean, they, I mean, you had you know, a produce manager at Walmart making 40 bucks an hour. I mean, yeah. you, know, you wouldn't find it down here, but the, the sure. economy dictated it up there. And I think yeah. you'll have that, too, when these industries opening here. Well, let's we'll see. So. Yeah, <laughs> I think you've got to look at both sides. You got to look at the the welfare and assistance side, and then you've got to look at the job creation side. Well, I think uh, it, it it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But you know, the only way you want to change the welfare system is is uh, this it's this welfare to welfare to works type mm-hmm. system where you you're, yeah. you're constantly trying to get people off the rolls instead of people considering generational welfare assistance. Mm-hmm. But um, that'd be an interesting show. <laughs> yeah. Really should. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's keep things a little bit lighter. Let's go to uh, that time of the month. The tears are flowing. They're coming once again. And I'm starting fights that I just can't win. Why do I try? I never can tell. This time of the month, oh, it sure is hell. All right, so it's that time of the month. Uh, Why don't you... <coughs> cough and let people know what oh, that time of the month is. <clears throat> that time of the month is that those wacky, crazy, unique holidays that maybe the Hallmark or the American Greeting card system just did not make cards for this time. Holy cow. I went to the store the other day to actually buy a greeting card. Uh, like $22 now. They're $22, and there's like either sympathy <clears throat> or get well <laughs> or like... And the far side is like Valentine's Day stuff, and it's like, good gracious, there's nothing, there's yeah. nothing that I need. Yeah, here. I just I hand make all my cards. Do you? Yeah, just piece of paper says Happy Birthday, whatever <laughs> event it is, you know, and then love me. So. <laughs> you write love. Oh, like I thought you love me. Yeah, just love me. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, Not self lo- exp- self explanatory. Right. I, mean. I thought love me was on one line. I said love comma. <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends where you drop the comma. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's all about the comma. Baby. All about the punctuation. Uh, so you know, obviously February is coming up, and uh, we all know it's you know Valentine's Day. So there are cards for that one. But did you know that it's also Barley Month? Did not know that one. Is that for the soup or the uh, beer? Uh, could either one. You okay. just you just pick one. It's Library Lovers Month, so that that should be fun. Who loves the library? <laughs> Uh, National Haiku Writing Month. I don't think I'm going to be participating. Uh, in that haikus one. are pretty simple. They're like you know, ten sentences, something like that. I don't even know what a haiku is. It's a Japanese style poem. Yeah. 
Oh, a poem? Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant something else. No, uh, <laughs> no not Japanese porn. Oh. Poem. 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 Gotcha. Poem. All right. You had to speak Southern. Yeah. Um, and then here's an interesting one for the month of February. Uh, pull your sofa off the wall month. Have... Is this, is this a problem? It's probably because there's like 72 cups underneath and an inch full of dust bunnies. <laughs> I'm picturing the sofa's like on the wall. Uh, like I don't, and maybe it, it should be like pushed It's probably not literal. Yeah, the wall. probably not literal. Yeah, no. <laughs> Return your shopping carts to the supermarket month. Like are we stealing the, the shopping yeah. carts? Is that a problem? Maybe, maybe the... Uh... Maybe some of the, the homeless people are trading their in for newer models or <laughs> something like that, I guess. Yeah. I'd say I, I used to work at the uh, old Kmart. Mm-hmm. Kmart's. Uh, Kmart's. And I hated <clears throat> having to go get shopping carts from like four stores down. Like it'd be like on Main Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like four blocks away. Yeah. And like I would literally, I would get in my car and hold on to the shopping cart <laughs> on the side of it and drive it all the way back. I mean, they would be all over uh, the when place. I was When I was a little bag boy, when I was. Uh, 14 years old i've never had to do that too and i was you always you always try to you know consolidate steps and like stack you know, like 42 buggies together but <laughs> right. or shopping carts what are you gonna call them I don't, buggies buggies yeah. but uh, uh i remember i thought it was genius when somebody put like a hook on one side of the road yeah and then bungee cord yeah. Oh, yeah i was like oh my god of course you know like after after i retired from being a bag boy i think it's when they came up with the automated oh yeah the ones that help assist how does that work i still don't know if that one out <laughs> I just look at it and just very easily, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so we have um, some some weeks. It's Texas Cowboy Poetry Week, so maybe they can latch on to haiku. Haiku. That's uh, the twenty fourth and the twenty fifth. Great backyard bird count. That's the seventeenth through the twentieth. Mm. There's a lot of oh, random act of kindness. Uh, also, the same week as International Flirting Week, so you can flirt and be kind at the same time. When is the uh, random act of kindness? Uh, the twelfth through the eighteenth. Okay, it's so a whole week. The whole All week, right. just you know, do random acts of kindness, and I would suggest to do that anyway because it's just fun. Um, yeah, pay, so, for the, pay for the person's food behind you. Be nice. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> do you have any any to uh, bring to attention? Uh, Let's see. Um, American Heart Month, which is kind of close to my heart, mm. no pun intended. <laughs> there you go. Um, canned Food Month. Uh, I guess we're all out of fresh vegetables, yeah. so we just go, yeah. Creative Romance Month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess uh, <laughs> I could see that being a Valentine's. Um, National Children's Dental Health Month. Mm. But that also fo- uh, follows the Great American Pie Month. So I can see that. <laughs> uh, the worst holiday ever or worst month ever is mm. National Grapefruit Month. Mm. Who even mm. eats grapefruit? I don't know. When they try to put me on a diet, they like, <clears throat> you got to eat grapefruit for breakfast. And... It, yeah, with, with sugar on it. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, yeah, nailed it. Yeah, it's, it's like eating it's, potatoes. And... Grapefruit month. I, I, mm. I'd really eat like. Limburger cheese for breakfast and grapefruit. That stuff is just disgusting. It's it's rough. I mean, it, it's tart, and you can't. You don't hear like grapefruit pies. Like if you eat a lemon, oh, like yeah. I've heard of lemon pies, but you never hear grapefruit pie. Yeah, I want, uh, yeah. I want, do I want the cherry fried pie, the apple mm-hmm. fried pie, or the grapefruit? I think never. I'll take it. Or grapefruit grapefruit flavored ice cream. No, that's not there. Yeah, I remember when Smirnoff came out with grapefruit flavored vodka. Yep, that was a bestseller. I'm like. Mm-mm. I think I'd just rather drink radiator fluid. <laughs> what else could you use grapefruit for? There's like nothing. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. What rhymes with orange? All I know is that 
I can't have grapefruit anymore because mm. which which is not a loss for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it interferes with my my anti rejection drugs. Mm. But uh, yeah, grapefruit is just nasty. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a hoax by the grapefruit industry. Yeah, I think yeah uh, definitely. I think they paid off someone. So <laughs> I do like uh, the fifth. Uh, that is the World Nutella Day. I'm a big fan of the Nutella. Yeah, me too. Uh, my my youngest loves Nutella. So mm. cheats about the spoonful. Yeah, I, I look. I've put down a bottle or two, uh, or a jar of it, and then the cookie butter. That oh, that stuff. Trader Joe's cookie butter. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, that stuff's that stuff's the jam. <laughs> Literally, yeah. uh, you could spread it like jam, but yeah, why? I put it on toast or bagel. It's mm. good stuff. Yeah, I just eat it out the jar. It's all. Yeah, I, I mean it's good. Jeez, yeah. I don't know whoever made that. Should, probably should be arrested. <laughs> that, I'm I'm convinced there's crack cocaine in that. Uh, probably. Uh, the seventh is wave your finger at a neighbor day. Um, Good or bad? <laughs> it's. I mean, there's so many crazy things for for February. It's ridiculous. So anyway, uh, I'm I'm kind of at a loss. Yeah, February's just not not Valentine's month. Yeah, so, or Valentine's. Yeah, whatever. So we'll have a link out on the show notes for all these crazy. Yeah, it should be like uh, February. Should be like pretend to love your spouse month or your significant <laughs> other month. Which, yeah, that one day, that one day a year, you actually go out to eat. Do you go? Like, what are your plans on on Valentine's Day? Do well, you, since I worked in the, the restaurant industry forever, mm-hmm. I always worked, mm-hmm. and uh, so I usually my, my wife likes crab cakes, and so mm-hmm. I usually do like a really nice crab cake dinner for her. nice. Um, yeah, you know, so I put on be, some soft music. Ooh. Kind of turn the mood down a little bit, and then all of a sudden she falls asleep. So that's pretty much our Valentine's <laughs> night. If you could just keep that Barry White voice uh, all the way to... I might. Mm, that'd be good. Uh, I guess I'll just yell at the top of my lungs every night. Just make raw voice. Yeah. Uh, why is Biggin and his wife coming over? Well, there's crab cakes. Uh, Biggin <laughs> likes crab cakes, too. Why is he reading the Sports Illustrated to us? <laughs> his voice sounds sexy. It does. Uh, so good that... night, Moon. Good night, Moon. <laughs> Goodbye, dog. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, that's the our that time of the month segment. So, so that's our uh, that time of the month segment. And so we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will have Heather Luttrell. She is a local realtor here in uh, Cabarrus County. And so we're excited to have her on the show. But before we leave, um, did you know it take a, takes a customer three seconds to decide whether to stay or leave your website? That's why a crisp, clean, and user-friendly website is one of the best ways to market and help grow your business. Webmerized Web Design offers just that and much more. They pride themselves in offering clients professional websites at amazingly affordable prices. Are you small business? No problem. They cater to small businesses by working with their clients every step of the way to help grow their business by successful website development. Check them out at webmerize.com, W-E-B-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, or on the sponsor section of the Southern Fried Philosophy website. All right, we're back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, and we have our guest with us tonight, Heather Luttrell. Heather, uh, she is a realtor, a very, very fantastic realtor. 
might I add. How do I know? Because I might have used her to, to buy the old Biggin Manor. Biggin Manor. She has been around in the real estate game for 20 years. Um, she has been a longtime resident of Cabarrus, uh, Cabarrus County, um, and uh, she knows the area. She's been here. She's a former educator, and um, it says here that you are actually additionally from Nashville, Tennessee. That's right. Hot so, chicken. Natural <laughs> hot chicken. So Heather is here. She's going to uh, tell us some ins and outs of the, the real estate game. And uh, I wanted to have her on the on the show because, one, she's a fantastic person. I really have a lot of respect and, and love for her. And she did such a great job um, <clears throat> helping us out. And so I wanted to uh, show the love and, and get her on the show. So uh, without the kick, further ado. The kickback checks in the mail, right? <laughs> there is no kickback check. She my house is the kickback check. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I couldn't have had it without her. So, um, Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Um, so, let's start off. Uh, what started you in the real estate game? You said you were a former educator, then you went to real estate. What was the driver? What pushed you to real estate? Insane kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I was uh, came here from Nashville, Tennessee area, and I was teaching French at Mooresville Middle School. Oh, and, wow. Yep. My husband and I had lived here for a year, and we were renting an apartment. And one day we looked at, looked at each other and said, well, I think it's time to buy a house. So for some reason, my brain it, in my brain, it made sense to go take a class to learn how to buy a house. So I was in the real estate class, and everybody there was talking about taking the final exam and getting the real estate license. And the teacher said, don't you want to get your real estate license? I said, why would I do that? I'm a teacher. He's like, well, everybody else, they weren't just doing it for the fun of it. So if one of my clients did that, I would think that was ludicrous. But that's what I did. And so I got my license. And then the next year in teaching French, the uh, principal asked me to step in for um, – Mrs. Garcia as a Spanish teacher part-time. And I said, I don't speak a word of Spanish. He said, <laughs> <laughs> he said, that's okay. You can wing it. So the class would come in and I would say something and they would say, that's not how she says it. And I'd say, tell me, how does she say it? Because <laughs> so, I don't know how to say it either. So, it just, Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, you know, it just wasn't really working out. So I thought, well, I'll try to, I'll try to sell real estate this summer while I'm in between oh, school yeah. sessions and, I did so well, I just never went back to teaching. That's awesome. I don't blame you. Kids yeah. are brats. <laughs> At least mine are. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. That's that's awesome. So why uh, in the Concord and area, why this area? What what draws you to here? Just because it's close to home? or It's just where we ended up moving when we came to North Carolina because my husband was working in Matthews, and mm. I got the job in Mooresville, and somehow we looked at an atlas back then because it was 24 oh. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we looked at an atlas, and it said, this looks this place, Canapolis, looks like it's in the middle. <laughs> now, how that was, I don't know. But. Well, on our last interview, somebody brought up a telephone book, and we're like, wait, what? Yeah, It's yeah. been a while since we've used that. So. We had to give a history context with all the kitties. But I do. Yeah. I keep an atlas in the car just in case the phones break down or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I, still, yeah. I know what that is. Very cool. I just I just usually follow the sun, west or east. <laughs> so. <laughs> then at night you follow the stars. Yeah. yeah. You wild man, you. Um, Heather, what's the best uh, real estate story or from a buyer, seller, or just an overall like the best story that, that you might be able to share with us? Oh, goodness. I've helped so many families. It's interest, so many interesting people. Um. I did have uh, two 90-year-olds that got married, and any kind of transition <laughs> in life tough. is good, yeah. Um, so these two, I think he was 89 and she was 90, the older Aww. woman, yeah. She's robbing the cradle. She was. And, uh, yeah, they called me and said 
they were going to buy a house, and I wasn't sure that was the right thing they should do, but we talked, tootled around and looked all over Concord, and I learned a lot. They taught me a lot about um, construction from that time. Of course, they wanted something from their era, so we looked at some historic properties like the Biggin Mansion, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and we, we did have a great time. I was really cautious about watch this step, watch that step, and um, we bought a great house, and they actually lived to be like 96 and one day the family called and said that oh. they needed to sell it that they oh, wow. died within two three months of each other mm. so That's that was crazy. a cool story now you did tell me that uh every once in a while you get uh the creeps going through a house like Sometimes, especially the old these old, yeah, these old houses. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, can you tell that story? Like, Actually, yeah. did, did anyone die in Biggin's house? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. I don't know of any. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get the heebie-jeebies when I You when, don't? When, well, hopefully. Well, the log cabin sometimes. Oh, my gosh. Now, yeah. that one. I got a story from that one. But anyway. Yeah, um, you'll have to share that. Yeah. Um, so one time I went, uh, so realtors sometimes have realtor open houses where they invite other agents <coughs> to come and have lunch. And that's, you know, to get, if you give realtor food, they'll go anywhere. So, <laughs> so we, uh, offer lunch to go and see someone's listing. Cause we're, if we're familiar with it, then we have a reason to want to show it to other people. And so I was at an open house and I was touring the house before I ate and I went through the house and there was a front stair and a back stair and the back stair came down to the kitchen. And so I was coming down the back stair and I was on about the sixth or seventh step. And all of a sudden I just got goosebumps all over me mm. my hair was standing on end and as soon as I stopped on that step I hear everybody downstairs cackling and they had all had the same experience so wow. they were waiting for me to hit that step to hear me feel that same feeling and so none of them knew exactly what had happened there but something bad I guess it was mm. yes That's the back creepy. staircase so That's yeah that was pretty creepy mm. and then we have a house um that you and I toured at the historic home tour at yes. Christmas and yes. did I tell you that story we were in the I house think together so. yeah, yeah so you go into the house about just two or three times a year they would go in and smell <clears throat> cigar smoke oh wow like you could it was really crazy and they would hear high heels going up and down those back stairs oh wow mm. so stay away from back stairs that's kind of staircases you know <laughs> and old houses yeah if your house has a, a back staircase it's probably haunted that, that'll be yeah. the go-to yeah <laughs> that's probably where you had servants or something like that if you had a back staircase yeah, yeah so. probably wow yeah um what has been probably the most unanticipated aspect of the real estate game that you you've run into that you had no clue this was going to be a thing well, you know, I, I think I went into it going from teaching to thinking I was going from a profession where I was, you know, yeah, managing kids and parents to something professional where I could wear a suit and high heels or whatever I thought it was going to be. Instead, it's very emotional. Mm, People typically yeah. are buying from a transition, a death, a divorce, a job loss, um, health issues. And so primarily it's me dealing with their emotions first and foremost so that they can focus on the housing. Otherwise, they're kind of just caught up in that. And, um, you know, divorce is a really tough mm. thing, but we have to deal with that a lot. So I'm dealing with two separate clients and all what all is going on with them. So th that kind of thing is what people don't realize. They always imagine us walking around through beautiful houses, you mm. know, uh, showing the house Vanna White or something. But instead, <laughs> <laughs> instead, we're chasing kids around. Don't touch that. What are your <laughs> please manage your children? <laughs> you know, all the stuff you don't think about. Oh, yeah. Um, so how do you manage like? The emotion you say that like, there's emotion through that, and there is. I mean, obviously, we went through a house. We were just emotion through that. How do you manage people and the emotions through that process? Um, 
I manage emotion by just being quiet and letting them talk, you know, because I don't need to interject how I feel about the house. Sure. I want them to tell me. And I want self, them to self-interrogate. Yeah, exactly. And I want them to um, talk through it together. And that's what happens if you just kind of let them do that and talk through their plans, what the options are. And if they look at me and say, would it make sense to put a closet here, you know, or would that improve the value that I'm glad to tell them how I feel about it, but I'm not going to typically come up with a solution unless they ask me to. Hmm. Since you brought that up, I'm like, what, what, what are some things that actually add value to a house? Yeah. So, um, their appraised value is based on number of bedrooms and bathrooms, um, somewhat, uh, quality items, but for the most part, number of bedrooms and baths, um, exterior quality, Hmm. exterior construction, like to find a historic brick home is very rare. Um, and number of garage space, some un, uh, unfinished space. Hmm. So, uh, so an interior koi pond, probably, probably not a, a feature. <laughs> no, it's just a high maintenance item, really. You know, that's unless you're going to eat them on occasion, yeah. it doesn't yeah. add any value. You're going to eat them. <laughs> that's where it, we, we literally have fresh fish here. Yeah, <laughs> fish and chips tonight. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oh, what are some some things that you would tell people maybe not to do? Like you hear all the time, like baths and kitchens. Like <clears throat> we really want to do that, but what are some things maybe you, you would steer people away from? Like waste of spending money. Yeah, like uh, putting in a pool or something like that. Yeah, good question. Above ground. Um, man, it's just tough to go back to a house you sold somebody and they're so proud to show you something they did and it's a way over improvement. Just, just like, oh my gosh, this is a $150,000 house and you put in a $400,000 kitchen, you know, $400,000 house kitchen. You know, it's just painful because, you know, they spent way more money than they'll ever get back. Mm. You know, and that's tough. But just, you should improve for the level of the house. Uh, probably also um, the neighborhood too, I imagine too. And, right? the, house, yeah. the, na- and the level mm. of the house is based on the neighborhood a lot of the time. And then also, um, you know, Home Depot is like our best friend and our worst enemy. Like, I mean, there are just it's a like lot the, of people. It's like the grocery store going for a bag of chips and end up with $500 worth of groceries. So. Right. Yeah, and it's suddenly like, yeah. you go in to buy a plant for the front yard and you decide you can rebuild. Yeah, you rebuild the kitchen by That's yourself right. on right. a Saturday. Because I'm going to a class on Saturday how to do tile. Or like I, yeah. I binge watched like Chip and Jeanette for four days and now I figure out how to Fix her up or, yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. Suddenly you're a designer. You shiplap. Can you, can... you got you to use shiplap. <laughs> you got to use it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, just just a lot of home. You know, it's just pretty evident when people don't know what they're doing and they're trying to do an, an improvement they have no business doing. <laughs> don't tell me that. How's, how's, the, uh, <laughs> how's the real estate business changed in the last you know 20 years that you've been in it? So we go from, I'm trying to think, 20 years ago, 96. So, uh, you know, obviously we had 2008. Um, financial crisis. You had so back in '96. What you had, you probably had uh, Bill Clinton introduce the uh, the some more affordable ha- uh, housing mm-hmm. care acts and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. where more people qualified, and uh, you know, I guess the subprime mortgages and the like. I said the 2008 melt- meltdown. So how th- how have things changed in the industry in the last 20 years? Yeah, so when I started in the business, it was a pretty steady market. Um, rates then were in the sixes, six to seven wow. percent, and people now don't even really remember that. They Mm-mm. can't imagine it. When when rates went up to four percent, everybody was scurrying around like you know the world was ending. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just um, that that was very different. Um, one thing that did happen, you mentioned Bill Clinton. That ch- what changed was that uh, we don't have capital gains on. Mm-hmm 
primary residences now. So back then you had to purchase another property within two years mm. or you were charged capital gains tax on any gain on the house. And so that changed uh, the need for repurchasing instead of feeling like you could rent after a sale. Um, then the, the meltdown happened in August of 2007. I remember we had four loans that never funded. People went to the closing table and the loan never funded. And wow. people were mm. homeless everywhere. It was an absolute... We wow. just couldn't believe the meltdown. We The 100 banks went bankrupt that August. It was wow. terrible. And then the outfall from that was disastrous. We lived on, you know, 25 to 30% of what we had been selling or had been making, sold 25% of what we'd been selling oh, in wow. years before for about four years. It was a really tough wow. time. Mm. So something you just learn, you know, it's a big budgeting lesson <laughs> sure. to remember in the sure. good times. Don't spend it all. You know? <laughs> yeah. So might be some Dave Ramsey lessons in that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good gracious. So it took four years to recover. So you're saying that. Yeah. So it was about 11. Um, really, it was 2011 before things really started peak out and we would, it weren't just flooded with foreclosures. <laughs> it also created a lot of um, interest in flipping because people there, mm. we could get good deals on houses. Um, so however, that's continued and now you can't get good deals on houses and people still want to flip, <laughs> yeah. but you can't, you know. Yeah, that I think doesn't two, work anymore. I think 2008, though, because I was in uh, Greenville, South Carolina at the time, I think they had a lot of those, we buy ugly houses or oh, yeah, all yeah. those signs were everywhere. Yeah. So, but, so I guess Charlotte was not a protected area. We didn't have a protective bubble here at the time. No, but we were one of the last ones hit, and the saying goes, the la- one of the last ones in is one of the first ones out, and that has okay. been the case. That's so, good. Yeah, we did That's better good. than most areas. Las Vegas is still trying to recover. Mm-hmm. You know, that no, was Phoenix a disaster. Is, Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix yeah. is too. We were in Houston when that happened, and we were in a bubble because of the, you know, gas and oil oh, people. Yeah. So, until oh, we decided yeah. to sell our house, and then no, no, that's not that bubble burst right when we put it on the market. Sure, appreciate that. Yeah, a lot of people lost a lot of money. Mm. So, yeah, the uh, I guess we could have. Too bad we didn't have a little nest egg. We could have like become a slumlord or something like that. <laughs> All those cheap houses. Yeah. So. So Heather, what what drives you to keep going? You deal with like the emotions of, of people day in and day out. Like that's got to be exhausting for one. I didn't even think about like having to deal with deal with that day in day out. What keeps you keep going and keeps you keep doing it? Well, I just I just feel like I'm. It's like a calling for me. I just mm. enjoy kind of you know you know how I am. I try to keep people calm. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Because it, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I mean, emotions are just going to get high regardless. Well, not always, but just it's just important to just um, remind people that the world's not going to end. Whatever happens, if you don't get this house, there's another house. It's right. just it's almost like a duty to me that I feel like not every realtor is going to handle a transaction like that. Not every realtor is going to have everyone's best interest at heart and so for me to do that I just feel like I'm just filling a gap sort of in a sense Mm. but um and then we set pretty high goals at our team you know the goals just kind of keep us going sometimes when we're just kind of we are kind of beat down we're just thinking we got to stick with that goal so Mm. um what is something like the average person may or may not know about real estate like what are some maybe some tips or tricks you can you can tell our listeners of, of what what they can expect or what are some things that, that might be helpful to, to them if they're buying or selling? Um, selling, a lot of selling is just remembering that when you sell a home, it's no longer your home, it becomes your asset. Mm. And to have that mindset and to be able to see what should be regarding staging, getting the house repaired, 
um, about half the time because of HGTV and those kind of shows, right. they've seen enough of that that they realize it's important. Before then, 10 years ago, literally, we would go in houses and it would just be like, you know, they had lived there normally and they mm. had no clue that they couldn't have, you know, six sofas in the living room. And, you know, <laughs> the, t- and, the dining room table had nothing but bills and <laughs> magazines. Oh, and stuff yeah. Like piled high. Yeah. And then there was the... Uh, the glamour shots with the boas over the bed of the, of the wife. Those were always fun. Yeah. It was always fun to tell people that really just needed to come down. That everybody didn't need to see that. And, no. Yeah. So yeah. there's been a lot of uh, decor issues over the years. But but oh, we, that's something else you learn to be very cautious with how you tell people that that's not really. Mm. Most people don't have that in their house. It's mm. really not a good idea. Yeah. There's well, no swings in the bedroom. So take those out. Oh, we've had. Yes, we've had several <laughs> poles. It's not swings, it's poles. Yes. I've had three or four bonus rooms with poles. No. Uh, a bedroom with pole. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, we. Uh, I remember we looked at the house uh, back in the Greenville market and uh, we opened a closet and uh, they had a. Please tell me there's a pole. There's a black leather S and M suit, like oh. the full leather mask, gimp, gimp mask, everything. So I think it would have been funny if it was a pole. Like, could you imagine trying to do anything in a closet? <laughs> no, it's the suit. It's the suit, though. <laughs> gotcha, I know what you're saying. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that that was kind of a little eye opening oh. there. So I, you never look at those people the same again, do you? <laughs> no, no. I'm sure not. Yeah. I'm sure. Have you? I, I remember one house we, we we looked in this old town, and uh, a lot of the houses were built. built post-World War II, I guess probably during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and like every house had bomb shelters. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. that's right. Have you, have you seen 50s, any? Yes, yeah, have you downtown, seen those? downtown Concord. Lots really? of the houses, or I wouldn't say lots, but I've been a few in of them. many yeah. houses down there that have bomb shelters. Yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing. I was like, we got to buy this house. Yeah. We got to buy this house, yeah, because I thought it was mm-hmm. cool. It was huh. a trend. It was when we were sort of coming out of the standard to build a basement or right. what we had back then as cellars like your house, and so... uh they would take a corner of that and they would build a brick skirt wall around mm. it. And um, I can't remember. I guess they were like 10 or 12 inches thick. I don't know. Yeah, but, and then there'd be a little area for them to store things and mm-hmm. water. And, need to go out there with a metal detector at your house and see if we can find oh, I something. You. That'd be cool. There's probably like yeah. a hatch. That's like what I'm saying. There's probably, that's, something. Well, yeah. The houses we looked at, <laughs> the, ha- the hatch was probably about 10 yards out the back door. Hmm. So it was, it was kind of, oh, it was pretty, pretty cool. Oh, so. yeah. Look, if we could find a hatch, I'll try to... Airbnb that sucker. <laughs> you know, you know it'd go good. So. That'd be awesome. Um, so, how has you mentioned HGTV? Has that been a positive or a negative thing for for the real estate business? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think it's been positive overall because it's all not all brand new to people, but it's negative in that. It's created a romanticism in purchasing. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're talking about Chip and Joanna, just. Um, I just recently, a a great story. I had a family. These people had four kids. They were all in competitive soccer, dancing. Um, They went to, because of their ages, they went to three different schools. The parents Mm. both worked in downtown Charlotte full time. And they came to me and they're ready to buy. They're so excited. And they want to buy a farmhouse out in the country. Mm. I'm like, good Lord, when are you going to have time (laughs) to even get to and fro where you need to be, even live your normal life, much less try to revamp a house and drive 30 extra minutes every time you have to leave home and go to all these places you have to go all the time. Yeah. And so they have these ideas that that would be cool, but they don't realize that that's not realistic for their lifestyle. Yeah. There's a time and a place for those type of home purchases, but it's not always in that 
when you're in that position, but, yeah. and just realizing that, you know, home, home maintenance is a lot to contend mm. with. And first time home buyers, a lot of times don't realize that they mm. have these grandiose ideas and they see it done, but they don't realize the cost of it mm. or the time down, you know, cause right. you know, you, you got to rewire something. It could be two weeks, three weeks. So yeah, I live without a kitchen for a couple of months. Right. So. Right. Biggin. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. We've got stories. Like one of those, <clears throat> we do a, a bit called how you be Dern at the beginning of this show. And half the time I'm talking about what project or who I'm paying to yeah. come fix this or fix that. Those damn squirrels. Those squirrels. I swear to you, those squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> we should get You need to try to evict them. Um, yeah. You tried <laughs> well, everything start, else. You might as well. start charging them. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Might as well. I need you to collect like you know, 40 pounds of pecans and put them in my backyard or something. <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave that up to my kid, Larkin. She, she loves collecting acorns. So uh, tell me some horror stories with Biggin. I, I know him. <laughs> oh, no. I know him. So I, I know there's got to be something he there. Can. It, it's permissible. I mean, how many houses did he look at? Probably three. We looked hundred. I looked at what? Two, right? Two. No, maybe it was just two. I don't know. That's a misperception in the industry for sure. People think you typically look at 15, 20, 30 houses, and my average is two or three. Really? Because once you know what somebody wants, well, and now with the internet, people are basically looking Mm -hmm. at houses all the time. You can pretty much see the whole house with the aerial view and pictures. Between all that, you've pretty much seen it without having to go inside of sure, it. Sure, okay. Of course, one of them we did say, so what it doesn't show is what smell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because we saw the house, it oh, smelled yeah. horrible. Yes. Oh, we my did. God. We walked in the door, JT, and looked at each other, and we were like, God, what does that smell? <laughs> and they had tried to make the house smell homey by putting some kind of meat in the crock pot, but it smelled like. It was awful. It oh, was God. awful. It felt like dirt. It smelled like dirt. You, like, the Yankee oh. candle wasn't an option oh, no. it was awful you just walked every mm. time you go by that room you just like throw up a little bit in your mouth it I, was I remember so looking bad. at uh older houses too you know the same mm-hmm. not brick but it was wood mm-hmm. and uh it was a boarding house so you know i had the grand i had the grand ideas of mm-hmm. renovating a, a mm-hmm. house but the boarding house we checked we're checking out all these rooms and i remember there was a cat that probably weighed mm. 42 pounds oh my gosh. and it was uh, like a cheetah but also they had like four or five litter boxes that were slab full too so that that smell of cat cat litter just i'll never forget that smell so i'm sure so three houses two or three houses all you looked at there was we had a definite of one that we wanted to get and we looked wow we we probably looked at that one like at least three times Uh, that uh, you know of Uh, (laughs) i might have broke in a few times i'm not gonna admit that but i could have it's yours now it's yours now um yeah so yeah we kind of settled on what the one we wanted. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you were a f- fantastic realtor. I, I can't I, – I honestly, even to this day, like, how the hell did we pull this thing off? Like, I don't know, like, how we did it. I mean, and it's because of you. And so um, you. you did a great job. So if somebody does want to contact you, um, they need a realtor, where do they go and how do they find you? Yeah, our website is cabarrisliving.com. And so all of our contact information is on there and – yeah, you better be able to just Google me and my name come up like 25 times because we pay enough money for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we'll have it uh, on the show notes, too. You can check that out, and we'll have a link out to their uh, website there on the show notes. So um, did you have any other questions? If someone's wanting to make an, like an investment purchase, mm-hmm. um, what uh, any suggestions what we're looking for there? I mean, because um, uh, you know, I've got several people right now that's in that stage of their life. they got their first home almost paid off, and – they're kind of looking at another maybe investment property for their kids, you know, rent out kind of, kind of close to college or 
um, just an investment property period, period. So what, any suggestions you'd have there? Yeah, um, it is a great thing to do to buy condominiums or small houses near if the kid goes away to school rather mm -hmm. than paying for rent for a long sure. time. I think that's a good investment. Um, certainly, rental property is always a good investment. You just have to be smart about what you're going to be called on to do during the process, what you're going to be called for in the middle of the night when it breaks, and be aware if you're not going to be a landlord yourself that you have a rental company to manage it. But so as prop far as yeah, property management company is probably pretty vital, I'm sure. Yeah, pretty vital, yeah. And we have some good ones in the area. Um, uh, and then just, just making sure it's a solid house that um, – Really, right now, anything rents. We're desperate for rental properties. Oh, really? So it's a smart time to buy rental property. Yeah. Probably, I guess probably here in Charlotte. I guess probably mainly in probably a lot of areas, <laughs> I bet. That pro probably rental properties are probably pretty hot right before school, right? Like, I mean, people trying to move to a new area. Oh, yeah. Out of, from out of town. And uh, I guess they... Just transitions yeah. in the summer regardless. Yeah, right. certainly they are. And... Uh, you know, they're putting up these apartments everywhere. You oh, gotta yeah. see these luxury apartments. It's a thousand dollars for one or two bedroom apartment. I can't believe they actually think they're gonna ha not have vacancy there. But so with that many of those out there, they feel like that's their only option. And people that have big dogs are like, who's mm -hmm. gonna haul a big dog up and down three flights of stairs mm -hmm. every time they have to go out? Like I don't know who, you know. So so finding a, a house with a yard is you know imperative if you have children. You know, it's just a nicer environment. So there's a lot of competition for those too. Do you see people doing, I know you mentioned Airbnb earlier. Do you see a lot of people doing Airbnb, buying a property or something and doing Airbnb here in the area? Um, I don't, I haven't really been involved in that. Okay. No. Yeah. I mean, as far as from my, from my business standpoint, sure. I know individuals that are doing it. Sure. Yeah. But not to buy a property to do it. Yeah. Okay. Really. I'm just curious. Um, also like you, we, we know we talked about internet and things like that. Um, these new apps like Trulia, Zillow, have yeah. those been very lucrative for your your business, I mean, is it drive more traffic? I mean, I mean, it seems like it would be the GPS locator. People can kind of zone in where they want to be at and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, it's really different now. You know, when I very first started, we actually carried around books that were like two inches thick <laughs> and they were updated every two weeks. The inter interwebs were around. Well, that's how that, that's yeah. how, I mean, you know, that's how fast things have progressed. Wow. And so now you can actually see every house pretty much. I mean, Zillow is going to have probably three to 4%. Houses that are on the market that aren't on there yet because it takes a little while for them to get on mm, there. Sure. Or also houses that have sold that um, are showing available. But for the most part, you're seeing what's available because it's uploaded from our multiple listing system. So it is interesting that you have the access you do because before people would come in the office and tell me what they wanted to look at. And we would look through a book together wow. and point at a picture and say, let's call and see if they'll let us come through. <laughs> and we would I mean, go look at that. houses like that. And we always drove around in the same car and we, yeah, I was their source of knowledge where now they call and tell me what they want to look at. And that's, that's a little tough because sometimes, you know, ideally I should know better and I do often know better than they do about what's out there or what they would like. Mm. So that's kind of tough for me to say, yeah, but let's look at these two too. Cause I, I know they're good ones that you might've missed because of some quirk in your search, you know, sure. it's just, so well, that's I'm, really I'm sure that, I'm sure that's what different, differentiates you between someone who maybe just now started the real estate businesses mm -hmm. because you may have those little pocket listings or yeah. things that you're aware of. And you see, I mm -hmm. guess once you meet a couple and their personality and what they're looking for, you can kind of, like yeah. I said, kind of hand in glove fit them. So. Yeah. that's fun. That's a fun part of it. I'm, too. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure. And that's why, you know, we, when we, we Googled like realtors in the area and that's why we chose you is because you had the experience in that area and we really wanted to live in downtown Concord mm -hmm. and we knew that you, you knew the area. So that's why, you know, we, yeah, we picked right. you guys. 
or big two. Cool. Yeah. Um, so speaking about downtown Concord, that's, you know, kind of my, my heart. Like I love this area. <clears throat> How do you see it growing or do you, <laughs> this may be a bad time to ask, like you see it growing, right? Like, yeah, it, sure. The area. And, Definitely. And it's growing. It's on decline now since you bought your, yeah, your probably. house. <laughs> <laughs> we were good until about. Yeah. That's why there's four listings on your street now. Yeah. 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 There goes the neighborhood. There it goes. Well, I think HGTV has a lot to do with that. People have a new affinity or a revived affinity for older houses and what mm-hmm. they have to offer and how they're not just the same box house. You know, we mm-hmm. started building all those years and, um, and I think people are getting back into enjoying community and fellowship mm-hmm. with er- with people that are, you know, an area is common to them. And I feel like the um, downtown Concord is just a pretty area. I mean, you don't go through that many downtowns that just have such an attractive streetscape and group of houses. Why wow, you look really different without a hat, with a hat on. <laughs> <laughs> sure do. Yeah. It, it, I, you know, you got the old time feel. And I think that there is kind of a... a you know, shift going back to that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why, why we chose the area. So very cool. cool. Do you want another crazy story? Love a crazy story. Yeah, let's do another crazy story. Okay. I've got a really great story. I didn't think of when you asked me that before, but <laughs> I went and listed this house and this single guy listing this oh, no. great house. Oh no. No, it's not, it's not a JT kind of story. It's just a regular story. <laughs> okay. So I, so I'm, Going back to take the photographs, and back then I took my own photographs. Now I would never do that. Now I hire a professional photographer. But Which does a great job, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the I was taking the pictures, and I uh, had a huge master closet. And I looked in the closet, and there mm-hmm. were women's size 10 and 11 shoes in the closet. What? And I was like, what on earth? And then I noticed there was like some bigger kind of dresses, oh, like dressy dresses in the closet. I mean, this was like mm-hmm. 18 years ago, a long time ago. So it's not even like it, you know, mm. it's, it was received differently than you even would now. So I just kind of wrote that off and we went through the listing. We got the house sold and one day I get a phone call and the person says, uh, oh, hey, this is Bob so-and-so and I just have something I need to talk to you about. It's going to be a little touchy. I just kind of make sure you're in a good spot. You got a few minutes to talk. And I was like, yeah. And um, he said, um, well, uh, I'm going to need to change the deed on my house. And I said, the deed, well, well, that'll be done. Like when we close, we'll transfer ownership, transfer the deed. And he said, no, because my name's going to change. I was like, well, he's not getting married and change his name. So mm. he says, and it's not going to be Bob. It's going to be Barbara now. Mm. <laughs> so, Barbara. Mm-hmm. Barbara. And so we met. And he said, I really want you to come over to the house and see me because I don't want you to feel awkward around me. And. And so I went to the house and he came to the door and he looked like a Barbara and he was just a real, he was great as a guy and he was great after that. But, um, I had that, thank goodness I had that little bit of mm-hmm. knowledge going into it that I noticed that or I would have been totally blown away. Cause I'm impressed they have like uh, a lady's like 11 shoe. Like that's, that's a big do. shoe, right? They do, yeah. yeah, they do. They do. Hey, well, you know, that's probably pretty typical now it's just 2017 now, yeah yeah so. that's probably quite an issue now and i wouldn't have even thought of that i haven't had it happen since but i'm sure now that you would mm-hmm. have to change your name on the deed if you're changing your that's interesting that's interesting yeah it's yeah. interesting how, how how that would transpire i'm sure because uh it's got to be a lot of legwork you know to <laughs> gotta be a lot of legwork between ids and you know like shaving. i said deeds and shaving mm-hmm. yeah so uh <laughs> why would you do that if you didn't have to right yeah Mm. Did I shave my legs for this? (laughs) Doesn't look like it. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Could you imagine like that bathtub? Mm. (laughs) I like Chewbacca just shaved. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, very cool. Well, Heather, thank you so much for joining. Do you have time for 10 and 1? We're going to ask you 10 rapid-fire questions and see if you can get it under in a minute. All right, you ready? Here we go. One minute, one minute. Give me one minute, one minute, one minute. Give me one minute, say you want. Heather, what's your favorite pizza topping? Anchovies. Interesting. (laughs) Hardwood or carpet. We're going back to that one. What? Hardwood or carpet? Hardwood. Uh, real estate or the real Slim Shady? Real estate. <laughs> Favorite local eatery? Uh, Rosario's. Uh, city or a county? County. Best moment ever? Babies. <laughs> finish, <laughs> finish the sentence. 2017 is going to be? Awesome. What's your favorite color? Purple. If you could live in any time period, where would it be? What Ni- would it be? 1920s. Oh, wow. Nice France. Uh, mm. And last question. What is your spirit food? Oh, probably mashed potatoes. Nice. Got it under a minute. Good awesome. job. You won. 1920s France. Uh, there's a, it's one of the heights of like really posh cooking. Yeah, and, uh, that's true. A, there's an outlaw, there's an outlawed band, uh, st- style of cooking called Orlan Bunting. What? Yeah, that's where they took uh, canaries. They drowned them in, in brandy. <laughs> And then roasted them in fire real quickly. And then you had to uh, digest the whole bird in one bite. What? And what would happen is, once you bite into it, the lungs would were filled with brandy. So you see a little gush of hot brandy and stuff like that. That was a, that was a height of French opulence is what they considered. But wow. it's now been outlawed. And you want to move there? Oh, I'm not sure. Period. I probably wouldn't be a rich person. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah you have to be a peasant. So. <laughs> better, yeah. better a peasant than a Canadian. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the bourgeoisie <laughs> or whatever there was, I mean, uh-huh. they, they, I mean, that's where foie, foie gras and just all, all mm-hmm. kinds of like really just intricate, like heavy, heavy, fatty foods and yeah. inter- interesting cooking styles came from. So. And you don't have to shave your legs. So that's good. Yeah, or pits. Or, mm-hmm. or, or take a bath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eat a lot of cheese. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, thanks again for coming. Hold on. You said you can go back to anchovies. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what's up with these anchovies? Oh, this is the first thing I thought. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't really like them. I like anchovies. Yeah, I really, I do. I will eat anchovies on a pizza. It's not my number of topping, though. I've never even thought about it. I I delivered pizza uh, for a while, and that was the worst smell. It took like a... It was so good, though. It took a solid two days to get that smell out. It's like going to a Vietnamese Vietnamese, uh, shop for a Mm. sandwich, and they put fish sauce, and it, it, it smells putrid, but it's so delicious. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But my dad, you know, baby boomers really used to eat a lot of canned sardines. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like a big, like a takeaway, gra- yeah. grab and go kind of thing. And I think uh, that group of people also, because of that, eat anchovies. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my, I grew up with my parents ordering anchovies on pizzas. Wow. We can't uh, make fresh Caesar dressing without anchovies. That's so. what I, yeah. That's right. It is in that, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mojo was a chef, uh, did some chef work. So that's how oh. he knows all the food stuff. McDonald's. Yeah. Appreciate you flipping those fries at this Good French job. restaurant called Le Hardes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so. for having me. And uh, that's uh, the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, come back next week. And as always, keep it rolling. <laughs>